First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. Pleased to be joined by Ben Heisler from 610 Sports in Kansas City. Ben, thanks for taking the time beyond the stats. How did the Kansas City defense look to you moving on without Eric Berry done for the year with a torn Achilles? You know, it was a great question, guys, because I think the biggest question was you saw what Eric Berry was able to do. Uh, in limiting Rob Gronkowski, who's not an easy guy to be able to limit, usually it's his own injuries that end up limiting him uh, across the field. But I, I thought they looked terrific. It was hard to bring down Carson Wentz, and I think that's more of a credit to him with his mobility, with how he's able to escape a lot of really good pressure, especially uh, from some of those Chiefs linebackers. So I thought they did a really good job. I thought they buckled down, especially in the red zone. They limited Philadelphia. Uh, I think overall, even though uh, they let it get close late, especially uh, with that onside kick recovery, I thought overall the Kansas City Chiefs, both on the offensive side and on the defensive side of the ball, played a pretty solid game. You know, uh, this is uh, Nick Ferguson here. Ben, when we look at Alex Smith, most people, when they talk about him, he's always uh, spoke of as far as a game manager. I mean, great showing opening week against the New England Patriots. Again, 28 to 21, 251 yards. Is it now time to now change the narrative and start giving Alex Smith his props and start to talk about him as being one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL? You know what's interesting, Nick, is uh, we were on the conference call with Bill Belichick right before the week one game when the Patriots were facing the Chiefs. And that conversation was brought up in facing Alex Smith, and the first thing that Bill Belichick brought up was, man, that guy's a winner. I don't care what anybody else says about his stats. That guy goes out and he wins football games. So I think to your point, you're starting to see, once again, things starting to come in full circle for Alex Smith. Uh, in his last few years in San Francisco, when he started to get pushed a little bit, knowing that Colin Kaepernick was there, uh, you started to see the best seasons of Alex Smith's career. Unfortunately, you know, that concussion cut it short in San Francisco. He ends up coming to Kansas City. But once again, things are coming full circle. The Chiefs draft Patrick Mahomes, number 10 overall. There's a quarterback competition. This is likely Alex Smith's final year. And I think you're starting to see him get a little bit of that competition burn come again. And you know what's crazy, too, is I was looking at I, I wish I could give credit to whoever I saw this stat from. But it said Alex Smith is right now on pace for over 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns this NFL season. It's not going to happen. I mean, the sample size <laughs> is too great for what we've seen out of Alex Smith over his career, but it certainly wouldn't shock me if this is the best statistical season of his career. And, and more importantly, I, I think we went into this season thinking, God, I don't really know what Alex Smith's options are. You know, Jeremy Macklin goes, and I think he was a reliable option. He struggled, obviously, in the second year. But you didn't know what to expect out of Kareem Hunt in his rookie season. It was supposed to be a timeshare between him and Spencer Ware. Tyreek Hill had the terrific rookie year, but I think a lot of people expected more tape on him and a little bit more of a regression in year number two. And he's looked terrific. And then you have Travis Kelsey. So you knew there was a couple playmakers here. But I think with the speed of Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and the playmaking ability down the field for Travis Kelsey, Alex Smith might have as many playmakers on the offensive side of the ball as he's ever had. And I think naturally you're going to start to see those numbers go up and he doesn't necessarily have to manage the game as much anymore. I think anybody would love their quarterback to take care of the football, but I think it's been looked on at Alex Smith as this is somebody who just dinks and dunks his way through the offense. That was partially because of the personnel there. So I expect him to take more chances down the field because he has more weapons at his disposal to be able to use down the field. You mentioned Alex Smith's tenure in San Francisco ended with a concussion. His old team made their field goal. They're tied with the Seahawks at six. With just a few seconds left in the first half, spotlighting the Chiefs. They're now 2-0. Pleased to be joined by Ben Heisler from 610 Sports in Kansas City. Ben, when you take phone calls on your radio station, 
How are the locals reacting to the candor of Alex Smith? I appreciate anybody being truthful and transparent, but it feels like he is also perhaps a bit insecure being this open about his future with the Chiefs. It's a good question, Brian. I I think a lot of people, when they've heard from Alex Smith before, uh, they always sort of thought, God, this is a guy that just is going to bore you half to death. He's going to say all the right things. He's never going to really open up some eyebrows. Um, I I remember we... (laughs) I was in the locker room one time. This must have been a couple of years ago. And, you know, like one of the local news reporters said, you know, Alex, it's uh, Thanksgiving's coming around done next week. What's your favorite Thanksgiving meal? And he thinks about it for like eight to ten seconds. Really, he's just chewing on it. He goes, man, you know, gosh, um, you, know, you know, turkey really jumps out. I'm thinking, God, this guy's so boring. Just say something <laughs> interesting. Turkey jumps out on Thanksgiving. That's what you're going to give us? But I think now, to go back to what you said I, I think he's much more transparent about his future in Kansas City, and he's just well aware of the situation. Andy Reid's talked about that Alex isn't getting any older, and I don't know if that necessarily bothers Alex Smith, but I think he's aware of the situation. And he did an interview uh, with a guy named Graham Bensinger on, on a show called In Depth, and he talked about how he has a lot more. I, I can't really. I don't know if I can say it on TuneIn, but he has a lot more effort now. You know, when life gives you a lot of more hard situations, you just have to say effort. And he couldn't really deal with that throughout his career. This is a guy that in his time in San Francisco was computing his QBR on the sidelines in the middle of the game. He said he let fantasy football stats get in his way of, of being productive on the field. So I think seeing him get more involved and sort of understanding that he can just kind of relax and, and go and play his game, I, I think it certainly helped him. And also the offensive weapons are helping him out as well. Well, well Ben, here's a huge issue for me, you know, we came in uh, this season expecting some fantastic things from Tyreek Hill. We know how explosive he was for uh, being on uh, special teams for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we figured now mm-hmm. no Jeremy Macklin. He becomes the number one receiver. Only seven touches today. H- how can Andy Reid get this explosive player more involved with this offense? Because I'm sure Alex Smith will be definitely happy if they can get Tyreek Hill involved more. I'm with you, Nick. And, and, and as a former as a former defensive player, can you imagine trying to bring down somebody who is as shifty and as quick and as athletic as Tyree Kill? It's, it's an absolute pain to be able to try and bring somebody down like that. I thought this would be. You know, I, I host a fantasy football show on on our station, Six Ten Sports Radio in Kansas City, and and I thought it would be a lock for Tyree Kill to be a top ten option at wide receiver today. Purely because the Eagles didn't have Ronald Darby in their secondary, most of the rest of their secondary options are young and inexperienced, and no one's really ever heard of them before. And so I thought, okay, this is a great opportunity. They're going to load up on their front seven. They're going to take Kareem Hunt out of the ballgame. Now, you got to get the ball in Tyree Kill's hands. And you're right. they they got to get him more touches because of his explosive ability and just find ways to put the ball in his hands because you never know what type of game-breaking speed he's able to provide. So when I see those type of numbers, I'm thinking, yeah, they won the game, and they got out, and they're 2-0, and and Travis Kelsey had a big day, and Alex Smith didn't turn the ball over, and Kareem Hunt now has five touchdowns to start his NFL career. I mean, it's remarkable. But you're right. That's going to be such a key part of their offense is making sure that they find new and creative ways each and every week to make sure that Tyreek Hill gets the ball because that's one of their most most offensive, uh, explosive options. They need to be able to make sure he gets the ball in his hands. Ben, let's wrap it up with a little bit of inside radio knowledge. Power rankings can be lame, but we all do them. It's only two weeks, small sample size. 
and we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday Night Football between Green Bay and Atlanta. But if you're slotting teams right now with the local bias factored in, is Kansas City the best team in all of football? If you're going to base it purely on what you've seen so far from them this season, I I certainly think they're up in that conversation. I'm not ready to go ahead and put them ahead of New England. I understand that they went into their house, they went into Gillette Stadium, and they whooped on the Patriots' defending champs in the second half. But I just look at the overall talent of New England. They still have Tom Brady, uh, and they still have just a plethora of weapons on the offensive side of the ball that I'm not ready to go ahead and anoint them as the number one team there. But if you're going to base it off the results of what you've seen this year, yeah. I, I mean, Pittsburgh hasn't blown the doors off of anybody so far. Um, you know, Green Bay got a big home win against Seattle, but their offensive line looks to be in, in some major serious issues. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously is, is just a, a, a master at being able to find ways to be able to get wins. I'm fascinated about what's going to happen tonight. Um, I had higher expectations for the New York Giants. They certainly got disappointed. Uh, the Raiders right now are only hanging on by, what, an eight-point lead against the Jets at home. So, yeah, I, I think based on the body of work that we've seen so far, I'm probably putting the Chiefs right near the top of the list, although I don't necessarily anticipate they'll stay there. But I think after week two of the NFL season, yeah, you can certainly make an argument that they deserve to be right near the top. Ben, we appreciate the information. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today on the NFL on TuneIn. Anytime, guys. Always enjoy it. The NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.